Evening guys, welcome to another Wednesday Midweek Teaching. Today we're going to be in John chapter 17. Pastor Juan finished off last week with chapter 16. Uh, so you've got me next. And uh, we're going to be in chapter 17, like we mentioned earlier. So before we go in, before we get stuck into God's Word, uh, we'll just have a word of prayer. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, your goodness, for your mercy, uh, for your grace. We thank you that as we go through your word that you uh, continually speak to us. No matter how many times we might have read through something, you continue to remind us, to teach us, and uh, to lead us and guide us uh, through your word that is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So we just pray that as we go through it tonight that you would speak to each and every one of us, that you'd speak through me, that you'd use me as your vessel to glorify your name, to uh, share what you want to share, that it wouldn't just simply be uh, my words, Father, but it would be your words. And um, we pray that you'd speak to each and every one of us tonight through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, it begins with something that's quite nice. It kind of helps us to lead into things. It says uh, at the beginning of chapter 17, verse 1, after saying all these things. So, after saying what things? Well, since chapter 13, Jesus has obviously, you know, he washes disciples' feet, and he's been talking to them before that, and he's been uh, giving them a long, um, basically just talking to them for quite a while about all these different things that are about to happen. And so after saying all of these things, that says in verse 1, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. So, beginning in verse 1 there, Jesus has talked to his disciples for a little while about things, and then right afterwards, he goes and he prays. Jesus has been sharing about the gospel. He's been sharing about what is about to happen, the fact that he's going to die, the fact that he's going to be betrayed, even. <laughs> and... The disciples have seen things happen plainly in front of them, but they're not quite getting the gist of what's really quite happening here. So this is a time that's quite nice. It's just the disciples and Jesus, where Jesus is simply sharing with them about these things. And then after saying these things, Jesus is praying about it. And he prays regarding what he's just spoken of. Because he's preparing his disciples, but preparing them simply just isn't enough. Just knowing these things, great, thank you. But what matters is them actually going through those things. Their preparedness for what's about to happen, just knowing those things, isn't enough. Prayer is what is going to help them, because prayer is what brings God into that. It's us inviting the Lord in and saying, Lord, Please help with these things that I have just heard about so that I can actually carry them through in a way that pleases you. So Jesus, his disciples, they have this information about what is about to happen. They've been prepared, but knowing these things doesn't carry them through those things. Prayer, the Lord, God Almighty, carries them through these different situations. That's where the strength the wisdom, the protection, the guidance, all of those different things, that's where it comes from. 
God himself, not the information, not their own intellect, not their own stamina, preparedness, their gusto, not any of that. It is God Almighty that's going to carry them through those different things. You think about if you want to go on, on a safari in Africa, and you know, you're like, oh yeah, I want to go to one of the really cool big game reserves. Just knowing what you're going to encounter isn't enough to go and walk into the game reserve, waltz on around, and be like, oh look, there's a lion. Oh, he's looking right at me. That looks kind of dangerous. Just knowing those things isn't enough, because clearly you enter into that situation, and any of us who knows what a lion does is going to know that person's probably in trouble, because they just waltzed on in, they knew what they were going to encounter, but they didn't actually go in with what they needed. You need a driver, you need a vehicle to go into that safari. You can know what animals you're going to encounter, but what you need is the experienced guide to carry you through, to have you in a safe vehicle, <laughs> to actually protect you inside that, so that, you know, when they come up, when the animals come up, especially the dangerous ones, come up to the vehicle, you know, yeah, I'm pretty safe inside this vehicle, you know, it's got metal in it, it'd be a little bit more of a, you know, problem than trying to get to me versus if I wasn't in a vehicle at all. If you don't have that vehicle, if you don't have the experienced driver, you're not really going to make it very far through the game reserve. Um, a lot of problems are going to happen, and they're not going to be good problems, and they're not problems that it's like, Oh man, what a silly game reserve! No, you're the silly one because you just waltzed on it. And when we are called to do certain things to the Lord, <clears throat> when the Lord calls us to walk out this life for Him, do we go out just knowing what we're going to encounter, saying, ah, I've got this, I'm good? Or do we say, Alright Lord, I need your help. I need you as my experienced guide. I need you to help protect me, because I know things are going to come against me, but I know that you're with me, that you're guiding me, that I have your wisdom, that I have your protection, that I know, even though when I face those different things, that trouble may come, but actually I know my safest position is with you. And even if trouble comes, and we get into a little bit of a, oh no, what's going to happen here? I know that I'm with the experienced person to help carry me through. And that works with the Lord. When we're with the Lord, we know that we're with the one who knows the future. We know that we are in the safest possible position with the one who created the universe. With the one who defeated sin and death upon the cross. We know that we're going to encounter all sorts of issues that we wouldn't have to otherwise if we were just trying to do things our own way, trying to do things in our own strength, trying to do things in our own wisdom. And being with the Lord and trusting Him as we go through different situations doesn't mean that we won't encounter issues. We know that we're going to encounter issues. Jesus even tells us about this. But that's why it's so important to cling to God, because He helps us through all of those various situations. Uh, 1 Peter 4 verse 19 talks about when we suffer for Christ. It says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. 
and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. There are going to be times when we are trusting in the Lord, doing things, and we're going to suffer for his name's sake. And then there are going to be other times when we're simply doing what um, the Lord's calling us to do. We're trying to be faithful, and we're still going to be encountering issues that just happen as we live in a fallen world. But it is remembering the end of verse 19 where it says, um, Trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. We can trust our lives to God because we know that he will never fail us. He has never failed us yet and he never will fail us. So we can walk in obedience and cling to him. We can trust in the God who has saved us. The God who continues to say that he will never fail us. When Jesus prays to um, the Father, he says, Father, the hour has come. This is verse 1. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. So Jesus is opening up this prayer, and this this chapter is going to be Jesus praying. And it's different parts of that as well. But right here, Jesus is speaking to the Father about what is about to happen. That the Father would glorify the Son, and in glorifying the Son, he glorifies himself. Christ is given the authority to give eternal life, to all of those who trust in him, who trust in Christ's death upon the cross, who trust in Christ's payment for our sin, because we can't pay our own debt. The only way that we can pay our own debt is by suffering that, is by saying, okay, I must take the fair punishment for the deeds of sin. And the only way is through Christ is through Christ's death upon the cross, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way because he is the only way to the Father. Christ is the only payment for our sin through his death upon the cross, because Christ humbled himself as God and came as a man. That's what, part of what Jesus is talking about here, that he says in verse 5, Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Christ humbled himself from that to come as a man and actually die for our sin, to die a sinner's death upon a cross. Christ humbled himself as God and came as a man, so he's able to pay our debt. He is completely sinless. He's able to pay for someone else's sin. He doesn't have to pay for his own sin. He's eternal, so he's able to pay for everybody's and he's able to pay for everybody throughout all of time. And he's man, so he's actually able to pay our debt. It's not like the lambs that were slaughtered to simply cover over sin. This is Christ who was able to take our sin upon himself. That he was punished for our sake, in our place. Philippians 2 verses 7 to 8 says, Instead, he gave up, this is Christ, his divine privileges, 
He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Through Christ's humble obedience, we are offered salvation. And through our humble trust, we are actually saved. We receive that salvation by receiving the free gift of eternal life. Humility doesn't stop, though, at simply trusting in Christ's death upon the cross. It doesn't stop at trusting that only Christ can save and trusting that we can't save ourselves. It doesn't stop there, but it continues on throughout the rest of our Christian lives, throughout the rest of our walk with the Lord, throughout the rest of our lives, as we've given it over to God. Because we have to humbly walk with God, as it says in Micah. We pray to him, having the constant mind of, actually, I need God. Not just in this moment where I feel like I don't have control, but actually in every single moment, especially in the moments where we feel like we have control. Because the likelihood is that we're trusting in ourselves in those moments, because we feel we are able to do it, rather than actually, I just need to trust the Lord for this. So we have to humbly submit ourselves to God, not just in coming to him for salvation, but throughout the rest of our lives. Just as Christ was able to share with his disciples he then prayed about those things. He didn't simply tell them what was about to happen, but he told them, and then he prayed for those things as well. And we'll see about Christ praying for them as well. It's not just us speaking of doing good things, but it's praying about those things as well. It's not just us speaking about doing what pleases the Lord, living lives that are faithful and pleasing to him, but it's actually inviting him into that to help us, to empower us, to lead us, to guide us. It's not us trying to do that in our own strength. And we like to think, oh, yeah, no, of, of course, of course. But the reality is that do we do that in our everyday lives? Or do we just do that in the times when we feel like, I don't really know? Because the fact is, in the times that we do know, we should especially be coming to the Lord saying, Lord, I feel like I know but I don't want to trust in myself. I need to trust you in this. Please help me, lead me, guide me, give me wisdom. So it's not just speaking of those things, but it's praying about those things because preparedness isn't enough. Prayer opens the channel through which God will help us as we humbly submit and we recognize our need for him. And we'll end it there. I will end it at the end of verse five today. So next week we will pick up in verse 6, but let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your words. We thank you for uh, just how good you are to us. We thank you um, for uh, the example of Christ who humbled himself from a position higher than any one of us as God himself. And he humbled himself to actually take our sin upon himself, to suffer for our sake. And we praise you and we thank you for that. And we ask that you'd help us to humble ourselves before you, uh, not just for those of us who don't know you, that we would actually uh, submit ourselves, that those that don't know you would humble themselves before you and trust upon you for salvation.
but that each one of us who do know you, who have trusted upon you for salvation, that we would trust you every single moment of our lives. Not just the times when we uh, feel like we don't know what to do, not just the times when we feel like we need your help, but even in the times when we feel like uh, we've got things under control, that you would uh, continue to remind us to turn to you, to humble ourselves before you, to not just simply uh, know what to do, but to actually pray about what to do, to invite you into every situation of our lives. And we just ask for your help in those things. And we ask that you would empower us and that you'd encourage us in those things. And um, we just ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.